The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Welcome to another edition of Streaking the Lawns official podcast. So, Homer, back. My name is Pierce. I've got a bunch of great folks with me tonight. I've got from Streaking the Lawn, uh, Caroline. Say hello. Hey. Hey. And I've also got Paul. Paul, how's it going? Hey, guys. What's up? Good to be back on. We have a very special guest tonight. Uh, Caroline, why don't you go ahead and do the honors and introduce, introduce our guests? Absolutely. So I'm very excited about this. We've uh, got a great basketball mind. He, you'll recognize him from ESPN Insider, uh, as well as the Tuesday Truths on johngasway.com. It is the one, the only John Gasway. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invite. I've, I've, th- this has been a professional aspiration of mine for a while, and uh, I, I, I got here, so uh, I've arrived. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, no, we're super yeah. excited. Um, so I guess just to kick it off, there was some big news uh, Tuesday night, uh, last night. Bo Ryan, who had been anticipating retiring at the end of the season, uh, stepped down effective immediately uh, with guard uh, stepping in as interim coach. And I know a lot of Virginia fans don't really want to address the possible reality of Tony Bennett maybe being lured away, but what's your take on one Bo Ryan uh, retiring? And then do we have anything to fear as a fan base for uh, Virginia? Well, one, uh, what a character, huh? I mean, if a, if a normal, if a normal coach announced on December 15th, you know, I quit, they they would be uh, savaged and told, ah, you're, you're an evil person, you know, leaving your team in the lurch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Bo Ryan does it, you know, John Gasway runs to his laptop and writes this uh, fulsome valentine about what a great coach you were. So uh, it, what an interesting situation. And, by the way, everybody go and read that fulsome valentine at, at johngasway.com. <laughs> um, he uh, – you know, he, he goes to back-to-back Final Fours, and he says that, you know, the, the timing was right here. And I, I, I don't claim to have the uh, man's ear. I, I'm not an amateur psychologist, but part of me, uh, you know, having just, you know, watched him at the Final Four in, uh, in the media room uh, last April, part of me wonders if he just didn't want to put up with the fuss and that would inevitably come from saying, this is my last year. And everywhere he goes, you know, he would have gotten like, you know, on, on at road games, he would have received golf clubs and, and liquor <laughs> and whatnot. And this is, this is just a really clean, you know, sudden way of doing it. Just like I'm gone. Goodbye. And mm-hmm. there's, there's none of that. So uh, he, he leaves a tremendous legacy and I'll, I'll encourage listeners to to go to uh, my website and, and read all about that. But uh, just it, it, the pure theatrics of it, it was it was really striking. 
And then as far as uh, whether Virginia fans have anything to fear, um, only Tony Bennett knows for sure, but uh, it's, it's awfully, uh, it, it's awfully cold in Wisconsin. And it was a while ago. Uh, it was a while ago when Tony uh, was, was there last uh, working. Um, a lot of water has, has gone under that bridge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's not, Anything can happen, but it's not the same situation as Roy Williams uh, leaving Kansas for North Carolina. I mean, that mm-hmm. that was, you know, Dean Smith, you know, uh, made Roy Williams, and he felt he he owed a, a debt to him. And there's there's no uh, Dean Smith figure still uh, connected to the Wisconsin program to plead with Tony Bennett to say, please come back the way there was uh, for Roy Williams in, in 2003. So it, it's a slightly different situation. Uh, if I were a Virginia fan, I understand, you know, I, I would be worried too. It's a natural <laughs> question, natural question to ask, but uh, I, for one would be more surprised if, uh, if this came to pass, uh, you know, <laughs> Bennett has uh, won the ACC two years running. Um, you can make a pretty good case that that's that's a sweet gig right there. That, that's what all <laughs> college that's what all college coaches aspire to. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good comparison between uh, the differences that that uh, Roy Williams faced. Um, I think w- with the timing of of Ryan's announcement, I you know, I know you said, you know, you don't have the, maybe the inside scoop to, to his thoughts, obviously, but do you give any credence to the idea that maybe it was purposely done to give the assistant Greg Gard essentially a, a tryout, sort of forcing Wisconsin's hand? I mean, you got to la- leave him as the interim coach for the rest of the season, right, and see how he does. Um, and maybe, maybe I, th- I think there's an idea there that that was purposely done and maybe not spur the moment with with the – timing on Ryan's part um that that could be uh you know Ryan said that he did it because it was the semester break Mm -hmm. because you know if if uh (laughs) frankly if if he is doing it to give a guard a a shot of the job it almost would have been better for him to bail out sooner uh Mm -hmm. you know uh this is this is going back a ways but uh Dick Bennett in uh, the 2000, 2001 season quit after just two games, you know, so it, mm-hmm. it's, it's something about Wisconsin that, <laughs> that leads, that leads coaches to do, you know, it's highly unusual behavior anywhere else. Uh, but, you know, now that we have seen Wisconsin in action, this, this team is, is a step or two down from what we're used to seeing Certainly. from the Badgers. And it's not at all uh, a foregone conclusion. You know, if it was just on autopilot and this was the garden variety Wisconsin team, then it would be easy for somebody in my position to say, yeah, you know, Greg Gard will be able to step in and he'll look good and he'll go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, none of those things are a given. This, sure. <laughs> this team is, this team is, is struggling and there's a, there's a substantial probability that you know, they could look very mediocre uh, this season. And just to, you know, invoke the 14-year-ago parable or parallel one more time, uh, 
there was a guy named Brad Soderberg who was the interim coach that year. And he was, uh, you know, given a handshake and, and a thank you at the end of the season. That was it. And they went out and hired Bo Ryan. So uh, we'll see what happens. And maybe Ryan did do the, did do it this way to give his assistant a shot, but it's, it's, uh, it's not a done deal by any means. Cool. Well, that, you, you had mentioned this isn't really the, uh, the Wisconsin team that maybe we've come to expect from the last couple of years. Um, and there are going to be obviously a lot of factors that would go into a potential, you know, would Bennett want to leave situation. But if you were just comparing the state of the program right now, between Virginia and Wisconsin and what you see sort of the trajectory over the next five years, which one do you see as being in the stronger position? I see them as uh, almost uncannily similar because both programs, uh, you know, Wisconsin won a national championship, you know, back in the, in the stone age, uh, you know, <laughs> pre everything. Uh, so it doesn't really count, but, uh, you know, both programs had a uh, a glory era that they can refer to a really long time ago, and that had a lot of suffering. Both programs had uh, coaching geniuses, I, I don't use that word lightly, come in with serious ties to the state of Wisconsin, and through sheer um, coaching prowess that exceeded any corresponding recruiting success, achieved spectacular uh, results and with both of those programs, when those coaching geniuses leave, you've got to wonder what happens next. So I think they're basically in the same, same situation. But with Bennett, you know, he is where he is. Uh, I've moved a lot, you know, in my life, and moving's a pain. And if I don't have to do it, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to choose to do it. So if I'm in Charlottesville and it doesn't snow as much there as it does in Madison and the ACC is a good conference and I'm winning it annually. Mm. Uh, those are some strong arguments, you know, to, sure. to stay put. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not posing here as, as Tony Bennett's, uh, you know, inner brain. I, I don't know what, uh, what attractions he might feel, but that, that would, uh, those would be the factors playing into it. You know, it's not like Wisconsin is a quote unquote better job. It's, uh, you know, I would call it equal. Mm-hmm. It's not like the big 10 is a quote unquote better conference. I would call it equal. So uh, Ben has got a sweet gig and he's, uh, he's proven what he can do and he will have some decisions to make. I think we're going to like try and play that on a loop in his office. Ben, it's going to- <laughs> yeah, he got a sweet gig. Um, absolutely. I mean, we, I, I know we all agree with that and uh, with the, the draws of Charlottesville. Um, and you mentioned uh, Brad Soderberg, which is a great segue into my next question, which would be um, obviously there's some big differences from last year's team at Virginia and this year's team. Um, you, know, you lose guys like Darian Atkins and Justin Anderson, but have, uh, Darius Thompson come in and you've got Soderberg now on the staff. Um, what have you seen as the big um, difference between last year's team and this year's team and which one, you know, do you think this team has potential to, to go further in the tournament than last year? Uh, this team absolutely has potential. The, the big, the biggest difference I see and uh, good, good job name checking Darian Atkins there because <laughs> that's frankly the biggest difference that I see. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, Ken Palm is is trying to tell me everything's fine. Don't worry. You know, defense just as good as always. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I I would feel a lot better about those Ken Palm numbers if I had trusty Darian Atkins who just gave, you know, even in a game that Virginia lost, uh, Darian Atkins was giving Michigan State fits. You know, oh, yeah. when he, he was just, he was the difference maker in that game as he was so often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the Cavaliers have played the schedule they've played. It's not bad, it's, but it's not particularly daunting either. And that schedule, you know, the, the two-point percentage uh, recorded by opponents has jumped up by six points. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's concerning to me. And I, I, would, I would call that an Atkins effect right there. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we're, we're still talking about Tony Bennett defense here. I'm not suggesting that, you know, this is an Indiana kind of situation. <laughs> opponents, <laughs> opponents are going to start, you know, scoring 90 points. Yeah. I'm just saying, relatively speaking, it's been very easy over the past couple of years to be lulled into a sense of, well, of course, Virginia's defense is incredible. Now let's talk about, you know, the other 80% of something. And I, I just want to wait a minute right there and say, well, no, let's, let's, let's just wait and see. Um, you know, got a great stretch coming up. Uh, Tony Bennett, in addition to everything I said before, is a mad scheduling genius because, my <laughs> gosh, he's got Villanova, Cal, and Notre Dame, you know, all home games coming up. So we'll see what can, uh, you know, those those are some pretty uh, respectable opponents, particularly the first one, Villanova. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll see what transpires against uh that that will give us a, a much uh, better sense of what we're looking at this season um, when when those games have been played. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think I know the defense is that's how we've been spoiled the last couple of years when teams score sixty points, and I'm like, this is just unacceptable. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, there, you you lose a guy like Darian, and I think someone like Isaiah Wilkins will be able to uh, grow over the course of the season and really pick up. He's a big athletic guy, but. Um, how much is it, do you think, confusing or surprising or hard to grasp for some of the casual fans or media when it comes to the fact that Virginia is scoring more? Because you don't really see a lot of that conversation. You see a lot of that. The, uh, the defense hasn't been as good, but we're, you know, Virginia is the only top 10 in both categories in Ken Palm, and I think that's surprising. I know it is to me to see – fast breaks and Darius Thompson throwing down one-handed dunks and, <laughs> and that kind of thing. Like how much has, have you noticed the perception changed if it has at all when it comes to having more offensive abilities? Well, the perception is ready to change uh, with the schedule that Virginia has played, you know, the quote unquote best win you, you can uh, dispute whether that was the true road win at Ohio state or the neutral floor over West Virginia. West Virginia is is the better team. Ohio State is young, but uh, the Buckeyes were playing on their home floor. But where I'm going with this is that there there's not been the schedule is not yet given Virginia an opportunity to report a win that makes uh, the people in John Gasway's position be able to pitch a story to an editor where they say, "Okay, now you know, this is this is yeah. this is it. Look at Virginia now." 
Um, it's just like, ah, they beat, you know, West Virginia. West Virginia is pretty good, but it was on a neutral floor. And, uh, so we're going to have to wait a little longer to, to get to that point. Uh, statistically, you're exactly right. You know, the, the numbers are, are beautiful. And this is a <laughs> terrific, <laughs> terrific shooting team. And if, uh, Bo Ryan retired, then apparently there was some kind of, uh, transference like in a Harry Potter movie where like he touched <laughs> uh, Tony Bennett's forehead because the, the turnover rate that Wisconsin used to have now Virginia has, and they're, they're just getting, they're just getting more bites at the apple. And that's a really uh, effective way of scoring. So I, I think the fundamentals are there on offense. I mean, when you've got Brogdon and, and Gill, you know they're 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 making their shots, and uh, I think that that story will be written once Virginia gets some uh, quality opponents, starting with Villanova, who, by the way, has an outstanding defense of its own. Um, mm-hmm. So that that'll be uh, that'll be a good test. Well, I'm glad that uh, we can get you on record comparing Bo Ryan to Voldemort. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. Uh, I said. Uh, if I said Harry up. Potter. There's a big difference. Yeah. Well, said, we're I think we're okay with Tony Bennett being Harry, though. Yeah, like. um, oh. Go for it, Paul. Oh, yeah. No, you, you've mentioned um, sort of the, the changes and the rise in scoring, both on what UVA is giving up and what UVA is able to score. How much of that would you attribute to rule changes? I mean, I know at, at the beginning of the year, it's what everybody was focusing on. Uh, watching the GW game, it had every UVA fan pulling their hair out, um, saying, you know, this isn't basketball the way we've come to like it. Um, do you see the rule changes as having that kind of effect on a team like Virginia in perhaps a disproportionate manner? Or is it just a difference between the skill level and personnel of two years' teams more so than how the NCAA is emphasizing rules or, or calling games? Yeah, G- Delby scored like what 1.07 points uh, per possession against Virginia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely unacceptable. I mean, what <laughs> what was it that? Uh, my gosh, what did uh, Duke score against Indiana? It was something like 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are spoiled. I just have to get that in there. <laughs> um, uh, but that uh, that was uh, that was an outlier. The the GW game. The the rules. The rule changes, in all seriousness, have had an effect. Um, Virginia is playing, uh, you know, relative to the rest of Division One. Uh, Virginia is still slow-paced. However, the pace of all of Division One has accelerated measurably. So, in that sense, um, you know, the point totals are going to be uh, different. Virginia is scoring more points. The opponents are scoring more points because there's just more possessions. And I expect the pace to settle down uh, when conference play rolls around. That's that's typically what happens. But, you know, right now, uh, rocketing along at at 64 possessions a game, and that's that's, that's different from what we've seen in past years. So, yeah, the, the rule changes have had an effect. And I think that, you know, for the the reason the rule changes were instituted was not because of teams like Wisconsin and Virginia. The reason they were instituted was because teams are trying to be like with Wisconsin and Virginia 
and they don't do it nearly as well. So you, you see these pale imitations who think, well, you know, those, those teams are doing well. We'll just go at a really s- slow pace and not play defense nearly as well mm-hmm. and not have uh, players like, you know, Justin Anderson and Frank Kaminsky. And it, it tends not to work out as well for them. I'm not going to point any fingers and name any names, but the NCAA, rightly, I supported this every step of the way, said, you know, we're just going to nudge you along and say you got five fewer seconds. And I think, you know, if if Bo Ryan stuck around, he he would have done fine with that. Uh, Tony Bennett already is is finding that no problem uh, on either side of the ball, relatively speaking. So. You know, Virginia will do fine in in this brave new world, and I also think it's a. Well, of course, Virginia will do fine. They're number one on Ken Palm, <laughs> even as we speak. Uh, but and I also think it, it was a good thing for the NCAA to do for the other 350 teams. And uh, it's uh, you know those those two items are are not in conflict. Well, I think we were all sitting around echoing what. Uh, I think even Coach Bennett noted a couple times in the idea of limiting the shot clock or lessening the shot clock somehow hurting Virginia uh, when all our first reactions were, that means it's less time for for teams to get a shot off against our defense. I mean, that's a complete advantage or a complete win for UVA, um, in in my opinion. But I think we've seen the the hand-checking and the freedom of motion. I I don't know. There was a lot of... uh, a lot of Twitter upset in the UVA world uh, during the GW game, but to me it just looked like bad defense on UVA. <laughs> yeah. I think they've uh, amended that. I'm looking forward to to Saturday's game against Villanova. Um, you know, coming out of an exam break against a really good team, Villanova with their their 12 right now. I mean, they they've had a recent loss where they got shelled by Oklahoma, but it seems like anyone playing Oklahoma is getting shelled by Oklahoma. I, th- I think it's a tough matchup. And, and like you were saying earlier, probably, uh, if not definitely, the best team uh, so far in, on UVA's schedule. Do you think pulling a win at home against a team that maybe doesn't match up well for the Hoos, the usually guard-centric, fast teams give, give uh, the pack line some problems, um, do you think that is a statement type of game in its own right? Or, or when you were alluding to building more of a resume, are we going to need to beat Villanova and, and then, you know, do well in the, against Cal and do well in the start of the ACC before we get start, you know, get some ESPN.com front page headlines or whatnot? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do about those ESPN.com right. <laughs> yeah, front page right. headlines. I, I, know, I know somebody who works there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get to work on that. But, yeah, Villanova will be a good test. And one thing that I'll be interested in seeing uh, for the past uh, several seasons now, uh, the Wildcats have been a, a uh, decidedly perimeter-oriented team. And this this might be a function of the schedule that Virginia has played. But so far this season, uh, the Cavaliers have been rather surprisingly okay with uh, opponents attempting threes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's two schools of thought there. If, if the opposing team isn't very good at, at shooting threes, you know, why get in their way? Let them, let them fire away. <laughs> but, you know, Vill, Villanova, uh, though they've had no success, uh, so far this season, historically, uh, tends to be a good perimeter shooting team. And this season they do have, have guys who can hit them from outside, even though they haven't so far. So, 
if Virginia continues to that pattern, there, you know, Villanova will will try threes, and if if they go in, then it'll be a good game. And if they don't, it'll be uh, it, it'll be a dis, you know a a resounding uh, home win for for the Hoos. So e- either way, there's a lot of talent on on the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, it it should be uh, should be an entertaining game. These are two teams that will get uh, high seeds when the NCAA tournament rolls around in March. Um, we've talked a little bit or mentioned Brogdon and, and Gail, who are, I think, just having some pretty, definitely a solid start to their to their senior campaigns or fifth-year campaigns or whatever you want to call them at this point. But uh, <laughs> do you think guys like that with, um, you know, we've talked about the slow pace and the normal stuff that you associate with Virginia. Uh, do you see either one of them making a lot of noise in any sort of ACC player of the year or um, national awards at, come the end of the season, or is it too too much a style hindrance for those guys? Oh, no, uh, especially Brogdon, uh, I think, could absolutely be an ACC player of the year and get some uh, All-America uh, kind of uh, backing. That, that that won't be a, a problem. Uh, you know, the... the uh, I'm going to talk about the national media as a member of the national media. <laughs> I'm going to talk about them in this disembodied third third person voice. But uh, the national media uh, professes not to like a slow pace, but they love individuals within slow pace systems, up to and including uh, Coach Tony Bennett and uh, star player uh, Malcolm Brogdon, particularly because. Uh, Brogdon plays defense, so there, there's goodwill toward him, and uh, he just, uh, you know, you, you just watch. All, he, he's just a couple of uh, nice headline games away, and uh, that uh, that space will will open up in terms of of honors uh, for that kind of thing. The the question would be more uh, more who's who's the competition. Or something like ACC Player of the Year, uh, but he's he's definitely uh, a candidate. Um, Gill is is the kind of guy that uh, John Gassaway is always saying, you know, supporting and uh, banging a drum for, but is a little uh, less celebrated by everybody else besides John Gassaway. Um, <laughs> I, I continue I continue to feel that uh, offensive rebounding is. Uh, a little bit underrated by, uh, well, by everyone, coaches, writers, fans, everyone. And uh, Gill is a very good offensive re- rebounder. I'm happy to see that uh, the Hoos are off to a strong uh, start in that category. I, I think it uh, helps uh, an offense a lot. Uh, Tony Bennett um, was once uh, a little more cautious where offensive rebounding was concerned. And uh, that that's changed over the past uh, two or three seasons. And Gill definitely uh, adds a lot uh, on offense, and and you you see that in the uh, the stats that he puts up. So uh, I love him, but I think uh, Brogdon might be your more uh, promising uh, candidate to to garner some serious hardware this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember it, at Bennett's introductory press conference, he said we you know teams can either be a great offensive rebounding team or a great transition defense team, and we're going to be a great transition transition defense team. I don't think I've ever seen my dad smile quite as broadly as <laughs> a Virginia head coach. Um, but turning, turning a little bit of the, the focus to the ACC 
generally we were just talking about, you know, conference player of the year kind of awards um, looking at Miami as a team that's sort of punching above its weight from what people expected early in the year. Um, do you see them as being sort of the sleeper sleeping giant in the ACC this year? Is there another team that you expect to um, maybe do better than again, the disembodied national media uh, had initially thought? No, Miami is definitely off to a great start. Uh, you know, it's it's hard for them to to come out of nowhere. Uh, only three years after they came out of nowhere and won the ACC in 2013, when nobody saw it coming, uh, that was that was remarkable. And uh, in in particular, uh, Angel Rodriguez is is doing much much better than. Uh, than I, for one, expected based on what I saw from him last year. Sheldon McClellan, I, I love, and he's just off to a phenomenal start. Uh, that <laughs> speaking of competition for ACC right. Player of the Year, uh, he's he's not getting the the touches that these other candidates were mentioning do. But wow, what he does with them, I would uh, I would have to uh, give him some serious consideration. So yeah, and you know. This is not Jim Laranega's first barbecue by any uh, stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a team to watch uh, with the Hurricanes. Um, I think we have just one last hard-hitting question for you before we <laughs> let you go. I know you've got much, much more important things to do than stay and chat with us forever. But uh, um, Star Wars, are you going? <laughs> I would not miss Star Wars. This is, uh, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've got a debt that needs to be, uh, repaid. It was, uh, you know, the old, uh, I think it was Patton Oswalt had the routine where he said if he could travel through time, he'd go back to 1994 and kill George Lucas with a shovel <laughs> to, keep him, to keep him from making those, uh, the, Set of three movies, um, and I had to uh, I had to sit through those. So uh, I'm definitely going. And it's uh, the reviews have already started to come out. They look good. I'm, I'm excited to hear that because uh, I'm uh, I'm at a feed for pitch. So the answer to your question. Excellent. Is yes. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm uh, looking forward to it as well. I've got. Yeah, got high hopes for it. So got to temper it a little bit because I did see one through three in the theaters in the 90s and early 2000s. So I, I feel your pain on that one too. So <laughs> it, it's getting good reviews so far from what I've seen. But I'm not I'm not quite the the fanboy that Darns is. But hey, easy. <laughs> hey, it's not an issue. I wasn't judging. <laughs> um, well, John, thanks so much again for for joining us. We we appreciate it uh, immensely. Uh, we look forward to reading about uh, all the wins that the Who's are going to keep collecting. <laughs> and hopefully the stats that that support that assertion um and and see if they can do a little bit better uh down the road in march and and that's certainly been the goal and i don't think we've seen anything so far this year not to continue to have those high hopes uh for uva but the acc is a much different place this year um than it was last year so yeah anyway my point is anything can happen again thank you so much for joining us uh those listeners who want to see more you can uh, find john uh, on espn.com of course he's also got john gasway.com I, I do highly recommend the bo ryan uh influential coach uh, article and uh also on the twitters uh at, uh, at john gasway so john thanks again have, have a good evening 
Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Come back yeah. soon. All right. And uh, we would be remiss not to follow up our previous podcast with some discussion of the coaching hire um, in true form that, that I think a number of us referenced throughout the coaching hire that all this brainstorming of different candidates will uh, amount to nothing. Uh, UVA went out and hired someone that none of us was discussing. John <laughs> <laughs> Oliver is secretly a ninja. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, certainly the Tony Bennett parallel is there because his his search went went very similarly but uh uva went out and they hired bronco uh, mendenhall from byu as i'm sure anyone listening to this already knows but i would love to hear uh some thoughts that y'all have on the hire considering uh we discussed everything we were looking for uh in a coach and i think uh, you know in my opinion bronco checks most if not all of those boxes but uh let's go ahead and get you what was your initial reaction and now that we've had a little bit to uh research them and reflect on it how are you feeling about the hire and, and the direction of the football program darns why don't you go ahead and uh take the first shot yeah so if i'm being tr- totally honest my first reaction was who what? Uh, so then some Googling happened and some Twittering happened. Um, and within a few minutes, I was like, this seems pretty awesome. This seems pretty awesome. I think this sounds good. A lot. Of, I mean, with when you said the Tony Bennett parallels, like I could not agree more because that was my exact same reaction when they hired Tony Bennett. <laughs> um, and all the way to the point where watching Bronco Mendenhall's press conference and then feeling like, okay, I want to go put pads on and go run around for this guy because <laughs> I am stoked. Like, I was ready to run through, through a wall after that press conference. Like, I have, and I, like, I've been, you know, Mike London is a phenomenal person. Um, I wish him well, uh, Maryland. Um, but <laughs> I, I just, you know, like, I've been, you know, I went to all the games the last couple of years. Like, I was still on the seats. Like, I went, but there was a little bit of like, oh, well, there's a football game. Like, now I'm like, mm-hmm. Is it football season? I'm ready to roll. I like his message. I like his style. I like that it's like we're going to work hard. We're going to do it the right way. He talked about the character and the integrity and that you can be an academic and still an excellent player and you can have a program that's not run with one or the other. Um, and I just think it's hysterical that we had a list of our adorable Danny had a list of 55 coaches that we were working on and they're, you know, speculating and not one of them was named Bronco Mendenhall. Um, and his kids' names are awesome. So I am 100% on board. A plus way to go. John Oliver, Craig little page way to go, Virginia. I'm stoked. Let's do this. <laughs> Paul, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I was sitting in an airport lobby uh, when the tweet came out saying we've got a big announcement coming in a couple of minutes and they had just called my plane for boarding. So I was <laughs> refreshing the Twitter on my phone, sitting in my seat on the airplane. Uh, thankfully the plane this is the only time I've ever been glad that a plane was delayed. Um, but we were sitting there on the tarmac and the, the Doug Doty said he had, he had heard it was going to be Bronco Mendenhall and I just started laughing. I, I was that it was such an off the wall hire, but not off the wall in a bad way. That it was such a good hire that watching those BYU teams come here, even when we beat them, the only way we beat them was in 
the craziest game that anyone who was there has ever been a part of uh, with the two green delay and yeah. a weird blocked punt, almost safety thing that Anthony Harris recovered. I mean, it was, it was just nuts. Um, but knowing a little bit about the BYU program at, and Bronco Mendenhall as a defense first coach, coaching guys like Kyle Van Noy and Ziggy Ansa, mm-hmm. uh, And for me, the biggest thing is the, the adaptability of their offense this year, uh, going from Taysom Hill being, you know, sort of a preseason dark horse Heisman candidate as a dual threat quarterback to he gets hurt the third quarter of their first game. And now they're going with a six foot five prototypical pocket passer. Mm-hmm. It's named freshman of the year. The, the ability to swap on the fly like that spoke a lot to me about, the sort of mental acuity and flexibility of a coach like Bronco Mendenhall. And then to hear the way he talked about values too, Caroline, you, you put your finger on it. Exactly. Right. Saying I want, and that's, that's exactly right. That's, that's what a coach at Virginia has to want. Definitely. Uh, and talking about, I want to recruit guys who want to come to Virginia because of what we are not in spite of what we aren't. Um, that is such a parallel to what David Shaw has done at Stanford recruiting those kinds of guys. And I think I'm hoping that Mendenhall will get the program with facilities and coaches and on-field results to the point that it's, we are pretty much competing with Stanford, that, that, that becomes our biggest competition for getting guys to this school and to this program. And what Paul's not telling you is that the reason the flight was delayed was because the air marshal was taking him off the plane. Like, no, no, you don't understand. There's a, there's an announcement. You can't take off. Um, but I mean, I, like, like Paul said the, about the assistant coaches as well. I think the follow-up with that was, uh, uh, I mean, getting a guy like Ruffin McNeil as mm-hmm. to come in after ECU inexplicably fired him it's like second Christmas. Like, where did this come from? Like, how is this? I mean, that'll help with recruiting on the East coast. I don't know if you know this, but ECU's beaten Virginia tech in the last 12 years. Um, so that was, you know, yeah, twice. Um, it just seems like a steal and you get to keep, uh, Marcus Higgins. I am sad to see Chris Beatty go. I really did like the work he did this year with, with smoke and Albert Reed and Oz. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, keeping, uh, Marcus is a great piece for continuity, plus the recruiting out of the 757. Um, I just, I don't, I, like I said, I'm just so excited. Absolutely. Yeah, when it comes to the assistance, um, what you said about Ruffin McNeil, he has more wins over Virginia Tech than Virginia's last two coaches combined. Oh, gross. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> breaking hire earlier this week was Sean Nua, the defensive line coach from Navy. And I know Caroline's ecstatic about that, but yes, um, that is that was sort of the final piece of of who who's that coach going to be, um, and having it be a Navy coach that again understands those institutional programmatic um, requirements, uh, and also happens to have coached one of the best defensive lines in the country. Um, that you look at. Navy running the three three five defense that Bronco did yeah. under uh, under himself, I guess. <laughs> um, that's a coach who has a lot of experience with that, 
and has taken players who weren't very highly regarded by recruiting services. You know, Navy's got, yeah, I think other, other defensive line starters, there was one three-star and two two-stars uh, and still managed to be a fantastic defensive line. Um, okay, switch those guys out for Andrew Brown and a couple of three- and four-star defensive tackles and defensive ends around him. I, I like how that's shaping up. I got you. What, what you're saying there is if you put in more talent, it's going to even increase even more in, in production. Uh, if the solid coaching is there. Um, and and uh, that's another Tony Bennett parallel. Yeah, I'm just going to keep yeah. it at that. <laughs> like, I'm just, I love the hire. I, I was very happy and, and energized by it. Um, but I, uh, college basketball is just everything to me. So, so I'm going to keep those metaphors going. I, I do think, uh, Caroline, you mentioned it, having Chris Beatty not on the staff is a, a huge loss. Um, I, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of, of who's coming in or contract talks or anything like that. So I, I won't go as far as to say it's an obvious mistake. Um, but to me, it, it seems like bad news and the, probably the only bad news to come uh, out of this the hiring and, and such. Um, you, you can't talk more. You can't talk enough about uh, the job, the running backs uh, went through this year. I mean, they're, they're completely Mizell, Reed and, and Oz all were exponentially better than anything we've seen recently, in my opinion. And Beatty is responsible for what seems like more than half of the recruits who are coming in this year. Uh, you yeah. know, I know we got to figure out some decommits and things like that, but he's obviously was the best recruiter. And that's not saying that Hagen's isn't going to be a great recruiter or isn't already a great recruiter or that these BYU coaches or McNeil can't come in and recruit well. Um, but B was a, a, a proven commodity in that regard. So I hope that we can fill his shoes there. And I'm, I'm optimistic, but certainly, uh, you know, I, I hate to see him go. I will say also that uh, in that Tony Bennett parallel of taking in, you know, the guys who want to fit the system, it doesn't matter what they work for or in terms of the recruiting rankings or how they look in those, as long as they do work and, and bring, bring in the effort, Recruiting for a basketball team is way different than recruiting for a football team. Um, The principle can carry over some, and certainly we see lots of success from teams who don't, uh, you know, dominate the recruiting rankings. But there is a definite, definite corollary between recruiting well and success. Uh, It doesn't mean if you recruit well, you're going to have success. And and I think that was a criticism people threw at UVA recently, which isn't really founded because our recruiting rankings were never that outstanding, but but certainly they were fine. And I think we need to keep them, you know, bringing in that four-star talent and three-star talent that that has an upside. Uh, And and I'm sure the the coaches will be able to do so, but I, I don't want I don't want everyone to just immediately go recruiting doesn't matter or, or having, you know, guys who are highly ranked doesn't matter because it can definitely help, you know, but we'll see. And certainly there's no reason not to be optimistic. Um, for, I, I don't know that I've seen any UVA fans who aren't optimistic about it, or at least who, who wouldn't call it a good hire, if not a great hire. Yeah, absolutely. And what I've really enjoyed seeing, post press conference to now is the response from the current players um, Mm. that say, you know, we liked his message. We're ready to work hard. 
Um, so you've already had, you know, Matt Johns and, and Smoke um, as two of the notable ones, you know, leaders of the offense, if you will, mm-hmm. that have come out and said, like, you know, this is good. This is a good thing. We're going to have to work, but that's going to pay off and it's going to, there's a reason for it. And we're excited about things because it's kind of hard. Like if you get a new boss and they come in and they're like, it's going to be tough. Like <laughs> it's easy for your first reaction to be like, eh, it might be another job somewhere else. Right. It's probably hiring. Um, but I, I think the reaction from the players has been really good. And I am very excited about uh, Trey Harbison. Um, mm-hmm season uh just ended and he's actually i think enrolling in the spring i believe so. um and his his final rap highlight video um unfortunately not rap like rap music like he was rapping that would have been awesome too but uh <laughs> his football skills were phenomenal um so i'm very excited to have a talent like that uh show up on grounds and be excited about working with uh with coach bronco yeah, Harbison's last game, they won the state championship. He had 298 yards and seven touchdowns. That's <laughs> is that good? That sounds good. Is that's, that good? You know, I think that's more than UVA had over the course of a couple of games. Hey, nice to have soon. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by uh, Harbison, probably as many of the other recruits. Uh, there, there's some good ones, but we won't get it. We'll get into that on like signing day or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, why don't we go ahead and close up uh, shop for the evening? Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, keep uh, keep it, it locked, as they say, to streakinthelawn.com for all the updates on on Bronco and, of course, the basketball team. And uh, the vanilla, vanilla Nova game is Saturday at noon. Uh, I'll see you at the JPJ if you're there. But uh, we'll do some reflections uh, coming up afterwards and hope they win and hope to talk about a more impressive resume. Uh, for UVA and and the out-of-conference. And uh, we'll get all to that in the ACC season coming up. So until then, uh, I'm Pierce uh, for StreakingTheLawn.com, and go Hoos! iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.